0: welcome everyone to another episode of Coach Speak I'm Matt Seidel along with fellow hosts Derek Seidel and Josh Trope Derek Josh welcome back to the pod and welcome to our sixth and final week of prep pig skin picks you know we uh, we really weren't sure how the football picks would go over since we're actually a basketball podcast but I, I think it I think it's been pretty good not to mention a lot of fun you guys feel the same way
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's been, it's been a ton of fun to do. Um, kind of, it keeps you involved with, you know, or engaged in what's going on in the, in the area with football, maybe a little more than, than normally would. I don't think that three basketball coaches are necessarily the the guys that make the most sense to be picking high school football games, but it's fun. Nonetheless,
0: we have been told that I believe we've been told that a couple of times. So anyway, Hey, we, we, we know as much as the next guy. I, I remember,
2: um, when M Live used to have like a weekly pick thing and you could win a t-shirt or a oh, yeah. prize and they had standings and my name was usually on the top back then Todd Starkey was like the local legend though as far as picking games um but I'll tell you what though this is a lot of fun I I wish there was more stuff like that just like, I know we complain about it all the time but it's just one more thing that's gone away with the lack of prep uh sports coverage in
0: general yeah there's no doubt I I I agree with you I agree then and, and we definitely you know we, we, we did it because we, we we all follow high school football and we're, we, we've all got schools that are involved in it. But it, it did it definitely created some interest and gave us a, a kind of expanded our audience a little bit too. So that, that was a good thing as well for the podcast. But hey, let's recap last week. Uh, Derek and Josh both posted perfect 4-0 records. There were only four games uh, since we did not include the Lumen Christie Western game that was eventually forfeited by Lumen Christie due to, uh, quote, Disciplinary and Injury Issues, unquote, um, whatever that means. Um, as for yours truly, I stumbled to 3-1 and one for the week, missing Williamston's victory over my beloved Olivet Eagles. But I stand by that pick. It was a pretty good football game, but uh, Olivet came out on the short end. So, um, And so here we are in week six of prep pigskin picks. We have a solid slate of games as well. Our uh, our pick order will be Derek, Josh, and me. Our our normal order. No guests this week since we're just gonna keep it between the three of us. Game number one is uh, Fowlerville, three and two at Pinckney, three and two. Derek, thoughts? Yeah. So
1: uh, I had to do a little research on Fowlerville since I'm, I'm not a, an avid <laughs> fan of. Uh of them, uh, what, what is even their nickname? The right? Gladiators. Oh, Cameron, yeah, man, the man. Gladiators. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, but uh, it looks like the Gladiators have had a few exciting games this year. They had a, uh, a game-winning touchdown as time expired to beat Hazlitt, and they had a field goal in the final seconds to beat Holt already this year, getting to their 3-2 and two record um, at this point. Looks like quarterback Adam Simon is pretty solid, um, and he likes to, to throw it to Billy Hatchins. Um, he had, I think he had uh, a couple of touchdowns or at least the the last touchdown to set up that game-winning field goal against Holt I've seen. As for Pinckney, they're they're rolling right now. The noteworthy thing I saw there was Jack Trashett, who we've mentioned previously on the pod, but he's continuing to be a stud. He had two receiving touchdowns and even decided to throw a passing touchdown this week on a trick play. So um, that's nice. And I also saw in the article um, that he's leading Livingston County in tackles and interceptions. So he's just doing it all for Pinkney to go with Luke Lovell and, and all the rest of those guys on that offense, I'm going to take Pinkney in this game. They had, they did, I saw that they beat Follerville last year, 16 to six. Um, so that that's going to kind of lean me towards Pinkney in this that game. Good coach trophy.
2: I must say, I love your research with player names. You could be completely making those up and I wouldn't know, but I, I enjoy it. I, I think it's, it's, it's awesome. Um, I, yeah, I, you know what? This year both teams have beaten bad teams and lost to good teams Um, Pinckney has an ability to score. Fowlerville struggles to score no matter who they play. Just like we witnessed last night with Alabama-Georgia, I am taking the team that can score points, and I know that you're you're both tying to make a joke about that in a minute, but I'm taking (laughs) Pinckney in this game. Plus, this is an important game uh, for my Bulldogs. A Pinckney victory probably means Orchard Lake-St. Mary stays in the sixth seed um, in their district which would provide them a much easier road to a district championship. So I, am, I, I will say this, Bear is a great Bear Bryant quote last night during the Alabama game that Bear Bryant said most of the people in the state of Alabama would hate him for saying this, but he would rather lose to Auburn than those hated volunteers from Tennessee. And I'll tell you what, most of the people in Chelsea would hate me for saying this, but I respect Dexter. Dexter kids are a lot like Chelsea kids, and I respect what they got going on over there. There is not a team in the SEC that I cannot stand more than the Pinkney Pirates. So it pains me to pick the Pirates, but I'm going with Pinkney this week, but only because it helps my Bulldogs.
0: For all of my friends out there in Pinkney, I want you to know that that was Josh Trope speaking, not Matt Seidel. So, oh, my goodness, just taking shots at, at a fellow community member. All right. Anyway, uh, yeah, I, uh, you guys covered a lot of what I was uh, was going to point to. Pinkney, they have scored four, 40 or more points in all three of their victories. Um, both of their losses were uh, respectable. They lost an OT to Monroe, took a fourth quarter lead into the uh. In a Chelsea game before falling. Fowlerville is a very low scoring team. Uh, they haven't scored more than 23 points in, in any game this year. Uh, so that's kind of building on what Josh says. Uh, like Paintney, Follerville's two losses came against strong teams. They lost to Williamston and Mason, who were both undefeated. I love the trachet uh, information that Derek gave. He is having quite a season. Uh as are some other uh, Pinkney, uh, especially their offensive players, but it was good to hear about their defense as well. Um Pinkney's defense, uh by the way, held Lincoln running back Jordan Collier to just 64 yards Friday, which is about one-third of his season average. So that was quite a feat. Um I uh in this game I, I, I do like the Pirates as well. I'm gonna go Pinkney 27, Fowlerville 21. Game two. Lincoln, two and three at Skyline, one and three. A couple of teams uh, just looking for something uh, to build on uh, at the end of the year here. Derek, what do you think?
1: Well, Skyline obviously they lost 63 0 to Celine. Um, they seem to just be falling apart. Um, Lincoln, on the other hand, and they, they seem to, like they've done a few times in recent seasons, they, they seem to be struggling here as the year closes out. Um they, like as you mentioned with Jordan Collier, he didn't quite have his normal game this past week against Pinckney, but he still has nearly 800 yards and something like six touchdowns on the year. so uh, I, i'm gonna I'm gonna take the rail splitters and, and Jordan Collier uh, having a big day getting himself close at a thousand yard mark. Sounds good. Coach trophy. Listen, there's
2: nothing more I would like to do than get a bottled water, a bag of popcorn, and sit in the bleachers and watch these two teams play basketball. <laughs> now, that being said, uh, you couldn't pay me to watch this football game. So I, I don't know. I, I mean, I'll I tell you what. I'm going to gift this one to Coach Seidel. Um, even though I think if Lincoln could win this game, believe it or not, I think they'd have a good enough seed that I think they could win one playoff game based on what I saw in their district. But that being said, I'm going to give you a chance to catch Coach Trope here. Um, I'm going to let you pick the game for me, Matt. So that way you guys got a shot at catching me.
0: Yeah, so we are two behind you, I believe, in the overall standing. So if you're going to let me p- pick this game for you, I'm going to obviously pick opposite of what I'm going to go. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that, that Coach Trope is picking Skyline to defeat Lincoln in this game. So let's mark that down. As, as for my pick. This is that's unbelievable, coach. What, what, a, what a gift, which is going to force me to, to to make a move later in the show. But, um, as mentioned last week by me, Lincoln has handled the poor teams and struggled greatly against above average or good teams. Um, Skyline has progressively, as Derek mentioned, uh, uh in, in, in no uncertain terms, fallen apart since uh, a week number two win over Pioneer. And a respectable loss, I guess, to Bedford in week three. So they actually weren't playing badly the first couple weeks. But on for Lincoln High School, my alma mater, I got the Rail Splitters thirty-four, Skyline twenty in this game. All right, uh, our our third game, Tecumseh one and three at Milan four and one. Derek, I thought something interesting I noticed
1: with this game is the all-time record in the matchup is sixteen. 16- and 16, Well the each team has has won 16 games, which is kind of a unique stat there. Um, Milan obviously had a nice win last week against Carlton Airport, 35 to 30. Um, Cole McKelviny, I believe, uh, had four rushing touchdowns at, at, at the quarterback spot, including the game winner in the fourth quarter. Um, I, I just think Milan's the better team here. Obviously, Tecumseh got that win over Skyline a couple weeks ago, but uh, I, I think the Big Reds will take care of business All right.
0: here, Coach Trope.
1: Yeah, I mean,
2: um, you know, the real shame of this is Tecumseh did not get a chance to play Adrian this year. I would have loved to see, like, whoever Adrian's playing this week, the switch with Milan, you know, so um, we could see an 0-3 Adrian team play a 1-3 and Tecumseh team in a huge rivalry game. I think that'd be really cool. Uh, unfortunately, that's not happening. Uh, Milan will roll and move on to 5-1. and They'll end up being a two or a one seed in their district. And I I honestly think they're the favorite in their district. I think they will beat a Redford Union team in district. And Jesse Hoskins and his big Reds will be playing uh, Williamston, who you are familiar with in a regional final. And I think that will be a great game. Um, But, yeah, I I like the big Reds in, in a big way.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, to Tecum- they had to feel good though after that that come from behind win over Skyline, but they got a, a real dose of reality last week uh, when they played Chelsea. Tecumseh's given up more than forty-four points in three games, and more than fifty points twice. So that that's just not really winning football. Milan, though, there's something about them. I'm not quite sure that I, I'm totally a believer in them yet. Their most impressive outing was probably their 10-point loss to an undefeated uh, Riverview squad. Their their four wins really have not come against anyone of great significance, um, at least in my opinion. They also, uh, I believe, trailed in the fourth quarter of that game Friday with Airport. But having said that, I don't think Tecumseh's got enough. I'm going to go Milan 41, Tecumseh 20.
2: Um, Derek, before we go to the next pick, I, I need you to clarify, since you're our tech guy, Did the Olivet AD just question the toughness of the Milan football
0: schedule? Was that just that just happened right there?
1: (laughs) I think that's what I heard. All
0: right. okay. You're talking about Olivet, the team that hosted Williamston uh, Friday night. Are you that that team?
2: Yeah, besides that game, I think all that football is sponsored by the Hostess Cupcake Company this year. I think isn't that correct? Oh, kind of- okay. like right. Our league
0: games, we can't we can't help our league opponents are down a little bit. Uh, we we brought Charlotte a big rivalry game in this year, and then and they're they're not terrible. But uh, hey, right, come on! All right, enough of that. Enough of that. Let's all move right. on. Let's hey. move. Holy cow! Poor Eagles just taking it on the chin. Our, our fourth game, Celine five and zero. Oh. At Grand Blank, 4-1. Could be an interesting one. Derek, thoughts?
1: Yeah, so I had to obviously do a little research on Grand Blank being a little out of the area. Um, they are 4-1 and one on the year. Um, they are averaging 47 points mm. per game on the season. So they, they are a, a high-powered offense. Their only loss is to Davison, who is undefeated and is number two in the state uh, in Division I. Um, this past week, Grand Blank had seven different players um, that scored. Um, including Elijah Jackson Anderson with two touchdowns, and one of them was an 83 yarder. But however, they did give up two hundred like something like 250 yards to a running back in just in the first half this past week in their matchup. Um, and, and Celine obviously has some big playability as they've shown with you know Josh Rush and Larry Robinson and company. So um, I'm going to take Celine this game. They they did defeat um, Grand Blank last year um 45 27 i believe and then 31 7 the year before so I, i'm gonna take Celine in this game but i think that that's a that's a really good football game uh this week especially considering some of the schools that Celine has to play in the red and just destroy week in right. and week out coach trope
2: yeah i mean you, you hit on a lot of great things there Derek. um obviously that the davison team's led by the quarterbacks going to uh, northwestern next year so obviously a, a tough loss but to a good team um you know, Celine won last year 45 27. I would expect the same type of thing this year. I would expect Celine to pull away, put a ton of points on the board, and win the game. I actually feel bad for Celine because I think they're one of the elite teams in the state. But um, as great as the SEC is in basketball, and it is, I would argue maybe, if not the best conference, one of the two or three best conferences in the state in basketball, it is equally as bad in football. Um, you know, it really hurts teams like Celine. And Chelsea, where they don't really get tested all year long, and then roll into the playoffs. Because I think they're both, you know, top five teams in the state. But you know, going in untested is tough. Um, I mean, even Celine's district is Cupcake City. They got to play a Grand Ledge team. Besides that, they should roll into the regional, uh, or yeah, the regional final. So I, I guess the the one thing I thought of when I was looking at the Celine game and those state playoffs was Mick McCabe's article today about teams not showing up and playing games. And I saw that if Celine wins this game, which I expect them to, they will draw an O and five Ann Arbor Pioneer team, and I could see them not showing up for that playoff game. I, 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 you know, I hate to be like that, but that would be a man. They would just be putting their kids in a really tough spot. So
0: I'm, I'm more interested in Celine winning just to see if that game happens. Mm, I, I think they'll show up, but football is a different, the different breed, man. It's like you. You, uh there's a physical element to it other unlike other sports I me mean, taking a taking a butt kicking is one thing but when you put yourself physically at risk because you know you got you're dressing 19 guys and you got to right. play six of them both ways and you are yeah. playing a horse like celine that you know has run two platoon and they've got their four deep at every position well i think that's what i meant like i didn't mean like pioneer wouldn't want to play the game i worry like
2: if you know if they if they should play the game i guess is what i'm saying
0: yeah. yeah. That's that that's a tough decision for them to make, but uh, it's it, it very possibly could happen. It's Grand Blank team, you know, like they're they are pretty strong. The the team, the Davison team they lost to actually kind of reminds me a lot of Celine. So it's it's almost like they're 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 walking into that that same uh, matchup again. Grand blank they scored fifty-six or more points three times this year. Um Salinas increased its offensive output all five weeks, though. It started with 33 points against Ipsy in that first week, and, and they, they've gotten to 63 against Skyline. They've gotten better each week. Larry Robinson and Josh Rush, obviously. But how thought it was good to see guys like Nate Holmberg and Luke Darmus, Nick Walper in the mix as well. I think all three of them caught a touchdown pass in the first half. There's a lot of good players on this football team. Possibly a good test for Celine, but I still have Coach Polka and company prevailing. I got Celine 42, Grand Blank 20.
2: Wait a minute. So, so at this point, we only have one pick different, which means I know what you're going to have to do in this last
0: game, and I'm excited about this. You don't know anything about me, young <laughs> man. Okay, let's move to game five. We have Chelsea 5 and 0, at Monroe 4 and 1. Derek, your thoughts. Yeah,
1: so obviously Chelsea's coming off that, that victory over Tecumseh, in which they rolled in. Monroe, on the other hand, they beat Bedford last week 28 to 6. Um, they had one touchdown in each quarter of that matchup. They rushed for 322 yards while only passing for 48 yards. Jacob Blosser had three touchdowns, and a Davion Billingsley had another touchdown. That's a heck of a name there. They uh, clearly are very one dimensional, Monroe. Um, they, they love to run the ball and aren't great throwing it. I don't think that that bodes very well against Chelsea's stout defense. However, as Josh just mentioned, being two games back and knowing who Josh has to pick in this game, I'm I, I was gonna pick the Bulldogs, but screw it, I'm going I, with Monroe.
0: boy, wait, the competitive juice is flowing. I like that about you, D. Coach <laughs> Tropez. Coach Trofant, well what do you think? Um. Yeah, I mean, Chelsea's
2: 5-0, and, oh, and and as I just mentioned, just like Selene, they're a top-five team in the state, you know, and, and any any given night, maybe the best team in the state in their division. I really believe this is their, their year, but this is a big game for them. They need to win this game to make sure they get that number-one seed in their district. Um, I think they'll win the district either way, but it's a lot easier – um, only having to beat Brother Rice or Orchard Lake St. Mary's. If they had to play both of them, it's asking so much more of them to grind through. So I would really like to see them take care of business. I also think this is a great game for them to play because I think they will get tested. And that's something they need right now. I think they'll still eventually you know, cruise and win, but I think they'll be tested. And that's a good thing with Monroe's only loss being to Celine. The only thing I'd have to disagree with you, Derek, is – The recipe for beating a Chelsea team is the ability to run the ball. Grant Fanning's a defensive genius, and their secondary at Chelsea is second to none and has been for a long time. Um, You know, we struggled a little bit against the Coldwaters and the Allen Parks that just grind it and run it and run it. So to me, I think this is a great test because it'll get them ready for the state playoffs. So, um, you know, but again, I, I, I like Chelsea by about, you know, 14 or 20.
0: These two teams have one common opponent. That's Pinckney. Uh, Chelsea won 32-13 to in a game that was much closer, and Monroe prevailed in overtime, so that's uh, interesting. Friday's win over uh, Bedford Monroe. Uh, they put together those touchdown drives of 90 and 98 yards, so that is grinding it out, right? and they're definitely going to need to do that uh, Friday night to, to, to come out on top. This quarterback, Jacob Losser, um, he seems to be, you know, he, he threw for only 48 yards, but he did run it 20 times for 161. So they they, they probably need to be a little more uh, diverse Friday. Chelsea, you got Joe Taylor was impressive with his 93 yard kickoff return to start the game Friday, and then I think he had two more receiving TDs early in the game. But the addition of Trent Hill off the waiver wire uh, is really <laughs> pushed Chelsea over the top recently. Um, Perhaps there could be some type of technical issue with the with the waiver pickup midseason of Trent Hill. Maybe they uh, have to sit him down or something. I don't know. Something we need, we need some help here uh, from Monroe, the Trojans, to kind of come out on top. But I got a feeling just because you know uh, the, the the football gods are looking down, they really don't want someone like Coach Trope winning the prep pigskin picks. So I am uh, I'm going to pick Monroe in an upset here it's not the score that's on my computer screen in front of me, but I'm going to, I'm going to say Monroe 28, uh, Chelsea 27 in kind of a strange football game. Um, and maybe the, the weather, even though I think it's supposed to be 70 degrees Friday, maybe it'll be a factor. So, um, but yeah, that gives us, uh, both, both Eric and I, I guess, a chance here now to, um, <laughs> to catch you. We could have a, a three-way tie or you're going to kick our butt by four, but the competitive side of me, I, I just can't let it go. Um, even though my mind probably tells me that I didn't pick that last game properly. So but, I just say. want to
2: make sure we, we are ordering a huge trophy for the winner of the, the prep hoops, uh, picks or you know, prep football picks. Right. I mean, we, I mean, I just want to make sure we are the losing two guys are going to buy a big trophy, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I got some old baseball and basketball trophies in the garage. I think we can turn it into something for you and get it engraved. No problem. Be right on that. Stephanie be happy about that. So, <laughs> uh, you know, you mentioned that the, the, the that there's an article by Mick McCabe today. Um, they I think it came out today about the, um, these schools that are kind of bailing out of games um, and, and refusing to play because they, they, they either want, they, they want to play a game that they can win. I think he kind of pointed the river Rouge deal. Um, I, did, you got any thoughts? And I, I, my thought about that is I think Nick, man, I think he's jump. I don't think he's totally thinking out the situation. Some of these schools get really put into tough situations, with personnel. And again, it's football is not like a basketball game where you you go get beat 80 to 40 in a basketball game and a running clock. And it wasn't like your physical health was put in jeopardy that night. It can be in a football game. So I just, there's something about that article that just didn't sit well with me.
2: Yeah, I I would, I would agree with you. And And that's kind of what I was talking about with pioneer. Like I, you know, I, I don't know the whole situation, but man, they've been getting beat up and injured all year. And you look at one of those games where, you know, and, and again, Celine, as you said, they're going to dress 80 guys that night. They're going to have two or three units on each side of the ball. I mean, you worry about the physical safety of some kids in a situation like that. And that's kind of what I I was alluding to with that game. Um, I don't think that they're afraid to play Celine or anything like that. and, And they're competitive. But I struggled with Mick's article as well. Um, what River Rouge did, I, I agree, that was wrong, because they, they purposely got out of that game and hurried up and picked up a win. You know, like, it's a little bit different. Like, he kind of went after Lumen Christie and, and a few other schools. You know, Lumen Christie didn't play anybody. They, they just shut it down because of some suspensions and injuries. That's a different situation. Um, you know, these schools and some schools have had COVID, you know, and then maybe the other school doesn't want to play them because they had cases. I know he did jump the gun a little bit, and I agree with you. You have to worry about the physical safety of some of these teams. Like um, Western brought up a great point. They couldn't find a game besides Catholic Central. Well, you know, again, you're Parma Western with 800 kids. You don't probably want to play Detroit Catholic Central. That that Now you're a playoff team that could get really hurt before you go into the playoffs. Um you know, basketball, basketball is just such a different thing. I mean, it you, you you know anybody anywhere anytime, and it doesn't really affect you. You
1: know that kind of thing. Yeah, I think it really speaks to to a bigger issue, which is just the the gap that's we've talked about it a little bit previously. But the gap that's being created in high school football. I mean, you got these schools that live and breathe, you know, high school football, and then they're they're thriving right now, and then a lot of these schools can't even, you know big schools are struggling to get enough guys and having to play two both ways. Like it's almost, I think there's a bigger issue behind this where it's like, how, how healthy is the oh. sport uh, overall where, where this is then becoming becoming a result of that situation um, or, or a, a, side effect D- of there, that, the head. that That's the real question. I mean, it's not healthy.
2: I mean, it, you know, um, we You know, teams don't have freshman teams anymore. Like Jason Russian alluded to it last week. I mean, I, I, when I listened to the podcast, I couldn't believe what he said. I forgot, but it was spot on. Think thing about Ch- – I mean, Ann Arbor schools have 6,000 kids in their high school or close to it, and they can't feel the competitive football team. Like, they almost need to be Ann Arbor United. And you got to almost want to say, hey, Tecumseh and Adrian, why don't you combine and put a team together? But yet schools like Alvett and Chelsea – can dress 60, 70 guys. So, I mean, I think that's what you're going to see. I, I really believe in the next five to 10 years, uh, high school football is going to be like high school hockey, where some really proud football schools keep it together. But, like, all these other schools, they're going to have to combine and, like, create football teams. I, I don't, I don't see another way it's going to happen.
0: Yeah, you you guys are right. The, the, the haves and the have-nots. It's, it's this is an odd thing, but our JV football team in Olivet, we're, we're scheduled to play uh, at Stockbridge this week. If we play that game, it will be the first game we play against a league opponent at the JV level this season. Three of them have been canceled already because they didn't have enough players or whatever. And you know, it's just like, again, you can make fun of uh, our league and when it comes to football and so forth, but it just, I mean, JV football. And I, you know, I can imagine the Cascades Conference and, um, you know, the, the league that Springport's in and uh, the Big Eight and all those. I mean, the J, JV football is, is, you know, and, and then and, and then you're forcing these freshman kids. Like, We're going to cancel JV football. We're going to put our, our 112-pound freshman kid on the varsity football team and put them out there on a Friday night. It's just, its it's a problem that isn't going away anytime soon, but. Anyway, just thought we'd, uh, we'd touch on that a little bit. but
2: That's all right. We, we solve everybody's problems. Yeah, I'm exactly. glad we did that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that uh, you know, I guess I mean, <laughs> that, that really does it for uh, another episode of Prep Pigskin Picks. Boys, it's been real. As mentioned earlier, I'm glad we expanded our horizons a little bit and dabbled into the football world. And I'm also glad we had a high school football season to predict. Um, that said, any final thoughts on, on who you think, from this area, who could make a maybe a serious run in the playoffs, which will uh, start Friday, October 30.
1: Yeah, I mean, the obvious one, I guess, is, is Chelsea. I think they have the best chance. Um, obviously, that they have a couple games in that district, as Josh was alluding to, depending on how it breaks, it could be a little tricky. But I think I expect them to be, you know, um, playing some big games uh, into the start of the basketball season, which I know <laughs> Josh will love. I think Celine, you know, they, they could make a run this year. It always just depends on the draw when you're playing in Division One. I. I mean, there's some, you could run into some really good teams there. I mean, I don't know when will they hit Belleville. It seems like they usually always struggle with Belleville. I don't know. I haven't looked at to see when they would have to play Belleville. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we talked a lot about Olivet this year. I'm curious to see how Olivet can can do. Um, they've, they've obviously got that. Their nemesis yeah, is like, in their I district somewhere They're waiting yeah, so, I mean, maybe they can finally get by him. Uh, but, yeah, I uh, it'll be interesting. To yeah, see I mean, obviously, I think without a doubt for Chelsea to make the deepest
2: run, I, I think there's a lot of questions behind Orchard Lake St. Mary's right now. As of right now, they don't have an, a game this week, so they will go into the playoffs without playing in three weeks within, you know, it will have been a three-week span. Um, I So I think they'll end up being on the, the the right side of it for Chelsea where they'll have to play brother Rice. You know, I, I see Chelsea beating Brother Rice at home in, in a district final or regional final. I'm sorry. And then really the matchup across uh, for Chelsea to get to the final four is, is they're going to play a team with a losing record in a to get to the final four, which is incredible. Um, and then they'll play the King Rouge uh, winner, which I think will be King, um, with a chance to go to the finals. And, and they'll either see DeWitt or Muskegon. You know, I, I think... It'll be one of those deals. I, I think this is a great opportunity for Chelsea to go. I, you know, I expect them for sure to be in the Final Four. Uh, obviously, you get that deep. It, you know, it's tough. Um, I mean, I still believe they could win, but it could go either way. Um, I actually think the team that has the second best chance of making a run besides them is Milan. Like I said, I, I see Milan getting to Williamston, and if they beat Williamston, I think they're going to get to the, you know, the finals. I really do.
0: And let's not sleep on the Dexter dreadnoughts. I have no idea who they're supposed to play in, in the, in the district, but all I know is that they, they just dropped 70 on somebody Friday night. And, uh, uh, Perry, Josh, you were joking. He was going to throw for 400 yards and four touchdowns. I think he threw for 500 yards and seven touchdowns Friday night. And, uh, He did that just for you, so you can just remind her who the best quarterback in the greater Ann Arbor area is. But they, they, they are dangerous because they just are clicking on offense right now. And uh, even though you know there maybe their defense probably is starting to come around a little bit. I don't, again, I don't haven't studied their district well enough. But anybody that has that many weapons and and a quarterback that's that seasoned could be could be a problem in the state playoffs. But I guess we'll see. That's going to be fun the next few weeks. Hopefully the weather holds up and doesn't dictate too much uh what's going on so
1: the one thing to note with Dexter is
0: they technically still have
1: never won a playoff game so that they need to take that first step too hopefully this can be the year obviously that would be nice nice.
0: more teams making it well hey we thank everyone for listening and uh, be sure to tune in to our uh, basketball previews which will continue between now and the start of the hoop season uh until then stay safe mask up and peace